I'm Stacy. I'm Jenny. And this is Learning for Life, a homeschool podcast. We are two homeschoolers who use different methods, curriculum, and strategies to make it all work. Our goal is to help parents teach kids how to develop a lifelong love of learning. Welcome, everyone, to the Learning for Life podcast. We are so excited to have you here, huh, Stacy? So, so excited, and we want to thank everybody who has rated and subscribed to our podcast, and just thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, we're available to listen to pretty much anywhere at this point, so we appreciate you tuning in to listen to us little people talk about this big subject, which is homeschooling. Uh, Stacy, did you want to make this big announcement that we literally just came up with? <laughs> yes. So we have been talking about going on a break. And so that is what we're going to do. Just but, for the podcast. Um, just, not the videos, yes, just the podcast. Yes, not on our YouTube channel, but we're going to go on a break with the podcast. But that's not the big news. What we also, we did not want to just leave everybody with nothing. I mean, what would you do if you didn't have us every other week? Um, so <laughs> we have decided we are going to come up with a new segment for the summer called Homeschool How-Tos. And these are going to be small little tidbits segments on various how-tos. Um, so it actually, if you have a question that you want us to answer, like how does Jenny teach handicrafts with her Charlotte Mason approach? Or how do I teach writing to kids? Because um, that's something I'm working on this year. Go ahead and you can reach out to us on Instagram. You can email us at kidslearningforlife at gmail.com and give us these questions. But we've already got a ton of ideas for you guys. And again, we'll be putting those out weekly instead of every other week since they'll be shorter little segments. But that way you, you still have a piece of us to kind of listen to each week and hopefully that those are really really helpful and if you guys do like those be sure to reach out and let us know and we could try to fit those in um, in the fall when our regular podcast full episodes will begin again. Yes we're really excited about these homeschool how-tos they're kind of just ideas that we we could never really figure out how to put in a video so um, I'm really excited to do them in podcast format and just create these little short podcast episodes for you guys. I think it'll be really, really fun. And then I'm also very excited about what we are talking about on this episode of our podcast, the last long form episode that we're having until the fall. So Stacy, can you introduce that to our lovely listeners as well? Yes, we are talking about one of my favorite topics and it's how we use technology in our homeschool and technology. We're going to cover a bunch of different technology items, whether it be TV, movies, computers, podcasts, audiobooks, whatever technology is considered, we're going to cover it today. So let's start out with brief, each of us briefly giving an overview of how our, how we use technology in our homeschools. So do you want to go first, Stacy, or do you want me to? You can go first. Go for it. Oh, okay. Well, I'm a terrible example, but I really, this is like me in all honesty, I don't use very much technology in my homeschool at all, except if you have been paying attention to our videos or our podcasts for any length of time, you probably already know that I am the queen of audiobooks. I think that's what I dubbed myself. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. I'm the queen of audiobooks. I'm the queen of podcasts. The princess of podcasts and <laughs> and that's kind of all the technology we use I guess for me I don't really use a ton of screen time in general so that's just like briefly kind of 
the technology I use. What about you, Stacy? Because oh, and just for some background as well. Um, if you were to like label Stacy and I, you know, we're a great team. We work together great, but we are different, right? So like if someone was to label each of us, I would be probably the Charlotte Mason girl and Stacy would probably be the technology STEM girl. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say about technology. So go for it. Yes. Oh, I love, I, I love technology. So I I grew up with technology around me. Uh, you know, when I was five, I had uh, my parents had like a really old Mac computer that played uh, reading, not reading Rainbow, uh, but it was some sort of reading game, um, reading Rabbit. That's what it was. So oh, I've never heard of that. Reading Rabbit. Yes, it was all the rage, Jenny. It's how I learned to read, apparently. Oh. Um, but it was just this little computer game with a rabbit and it taught you to read or something. Um, and then, you know, we always had computers in our house. So I just grew up loving technology. And um, so it's definitely something that I utilize in my homeschool. And yeah, we, I mean, we use kind of all of it. But um, Jenny has actually introduced me to a lot more of audiobooks and podcasts. And so th there's always something new to learn mm -hmm. in technology, just very similar to life in general. You know, we're always learning for life here. And so there's always something new to learn. So I hope that, you know, listening to what we do kind of gives you some extra tips and how you can incorporate or not incorporate technology in your homeschool. Yeah. So really quick, before we dive into exactly what we do and for all these different kind of platforms, I think it's important to talk about a little bit about why people should use technology and why people don't. I don't know if that's a little too vague, but what I'm trying to say is the reason why this is even a podcast episode is because there are people out there kind of like me who are kind of like, why should I even bother with technology? Right. And then there are people <laughs> who are like, well, like it's good to be computer literate or whatever, which is totally valid. And I get it. So I think it would be an interesting thing for us to just talk about really quick, like why, why you use technology in your homeschool and like why it's important. So why I use technology in my homeschool is kind of like you said, to make sure that my kids are computer literate. You know, I will be the first to say using a iPhone does not mean that you know anything about computers. Right. Um, so it just means that anybody, the computer, it just means that that program is intuitive. Yeah, that that program is meant to have anybody use it, even babies. That's why there are baby apps. Um, but letting your baby play with your phone is not going to make them, you know, the next Steve Jobs or I don't, you know, other techie people. But it, you know, it can introduce them like I, I've made a video on how to teach kids coding. You know, coding is not just technology. It's also very logical thinking. Mm -hmm. So by incorporating some of that into my homeschool and then also, like Jenny said, being able to use a computer, type on a computer, these are all things that everyone's going to, I mean, unless something crazy happens with the world, that everybody's going to need to know how to type on a keyboard um, pretty effectively so that they can, you know, for a job interview or any, you know, I mean, any job is going to require some use of a keyboard at some point. Right. So just making sure they have those skills and understanding that. And, you know, definitely a good balance of, you know, just because they're going to be learning how to type doesn't mean that they shouldn't do handwriting anymore. They still need to strengthen those skills, um, but definitely using it 
with um, moderation and using it um, alongside all your other types of curriculum. Yeah, I like that answer. Um, It's like a really concise way of saying it's, you know, technology is important, especially in our day and age. And it's only probably going to get more techie as time goes on. I mean, have you seen Ready Player One? People will not be living in reality anymore. They're going to be like in a computer. So just let your kids play those video games and then they'll do great. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, So do you want to go ahead and just dive right into our first topic under this is like TV? What what do you stream? What kind of movies do you use in your homeschool? You could start. Yes. And so another thing you know, it's definitely on topic here, but we also want to encourage quality um, when we're talking about all of these technology um, items. So if you listen to our episode two weeks ago, so episode 10 with Jamie, she's fabulous, but her recommendation of the week was to be able to use technology and pick good uses for it and how to make sure that a movie you're watching is not just, you know, to escape from reality, but it's actually going to model things that you want your kids to model and whatnot. So um, I agree with that stance as well is, yes, I want my kids to be a part of technology, but that does not mean that they're just going to go play any game just so that they can be a part of technology. Right. Um, So something that I like to make sure people understand that there is a difference. I do look for quality. And I'm not saying, I'm definitely not saying that everything my kids are watching is 100% quality. But for the most part, that's what I try to incorporate. So for our first topic, we're going to talk about TV, streaming, movies, all those sorts of things. Um, I utilize Disney Plus and YouTube a lot. So I did create a video on YouTube about all the educational offerings that Disney Plus has. So if you want a list of those, feel free. I'll link to that video in our show notes. But just finding things that are educational is number one for me. And that'll give you an idea of kind of that quality that I'm looking for. Things that are meant to be a little bit educational. Um, You know, they're not all 100%, you know, educational. Because I even mention like Disney movies. So with the Disney movies, even though they're not meant to be 100% historically accurate, they may have things that allow children to start recognizing different historical landmarks or even statues or buildings or anything like that. So they might see Big Ben and Peter Pan, and then when they see it somewhere else in another show or movie, they have that that recognition already that they kind of understand, oh, Big Ben's in London. Mm-hmm. And so they can make those references and so I love that about Disney movies and something that I like on Disney plus is the whole National Geographic side of things because Disney plus like obviously has acquired a lot of different other companies so they have all sorts of different things on there that's not just Disney necessarily so yeah the whole National Geographic part is great I love to browse that it's actually funny that we're talking about this right now because uh I think it was over the weekend my husband was like okay I want to watch a documentary And I want to watch it with like the whole family, which we don't do very often. We don't usually just like sit down and watch movies all together. And 
I was like, okay, I don't want to watch something like modern, some modern documentary that's on Netflix or something, because everything is either true crime or it's about like how we're all going to die from <laughs> pollution. You know what I mean? So I don't want to yes. watch that with the kids, obviously. And so um, we just scrolled through Disney Plus, the National Geographic section, and we found one called um, Apollo Missions to the Moon. And it was just like old <gasps> art. Loved that. Did one. you see that? Yeah. I think. Did you talk about that in your video? Probably. I think you did. I think you did. But anyway, yeah, we all loved it. And it was really interesting. So um, yeah, the National Geographic stuff is really good. Speaking of streaming, do you use YouTube, um, you know, to like for educational YouTube channels or anything like that? Um, All the time. (laughs) When do I not use YouTube? Um, That's true. Just this morning, you know, I've been using YouTube right now. Um, Number Rock is one channel that I've been using a lot for their multiplication songs. So I've been playing those for the kiddos because their math has introduced them to like very early multiplication. So like twos and threes and fours. Um, So kind of getting them used to being able to, you know, be familiar with those. And yeah, I I made a video on that too, Jenny, about all um, like my top 10 favorite YouTube videos. I mean, including Mark Rober is great. Yes. Who does engineering style videos. I'm sure you've seen at least one of his videos. He's very, very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, there are so many good YouTube channels, especially if you're looking to know more about homeschooling. There's this awesome channel called Kids Learning for Life. Um, just kidding, everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's something for everything on YouTube. So whether, I mean, if your kids want to learn about the most random thing, you know, robots or whatever, you can find something that's slightly educational on YouTube. For free. Yeah, that's what's so great about exactly. it. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't actually use YouTube that much with my kids. At least not for homeschool. We watch Dude Perfect, but that's not educational at all. So let's just forget <laughs> I said that. But um, um, oh, like Art for Kids Hub, you use that too, yes. right? Yeah. So it's like even for extracurriculars, whatever. Oh, you know, one thing that I have been watching with my kids on YouTube is um, it's not TED Talks, but it's their, I forget what they're called and I should have written it down, but they're like little graphic videos not graphic as in like inappropriate but like they're cartoons (laughs) cartoons of like concepts that scientific concepts so like for example one that we watched recently was how playing an instrument a musical instrument affects your brain and it was really really well done and I even shared it in our kids learning for life Facebook group because I was like this blew my mind as someone who plays instruments like it was really interesting so um, we've been watching a lot of those and those are very sciencey or kind of like philosophical maybe. So those are yes, great. Yes, I believe that's the TED Ed channel. Yes. Um, and then they also have fun riddles that are actually really hard. So if you have, they're hard for me. So that's <laughs> like, they're really difficult. There's been a few that like I would use when subbing that I would play. There was one about like lions and wildebeest. And I used that when I would sub in a classroom and the teacher didn't leave me with enough stuff to teach. So I'm <laughs> like, hey, look, this cool riddle. And it was really fun that like, it, it really was challenging. So only a couple kids would end up figuring it out. But it was cool to see them kind of give hints to others to be like, oh, tr- did you try this? And so anyway, I find those really fun as well. And yeah, kind of going back to Disney Plus, one thing that my kids and I love is these uh, the Disney nature documentaries. Aren't They're those- so beautiful. I know. And I remember once just like a small little anecdote about our kids. Sometimes we all get together for like movie nights and the kids watch something and then 
you and I watch Harry Potter. But um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> our I remember our two oldest kids, they both wanted to watch Born in China, which I believe is a Disney nature documentary, right? Yes. Yeah. So it was just interesting to me that they chose that out of like all of the Disney movies. They chose Born in China, a Disney nature documentary. I thought that was really interesting. And that kind of shows how much they connect with the children, you know? Totally. And fun fact, not everyone knows about this, but if you also have Disney Plus or just the the Disney Nature movies available to you, you can go on to the Disney Nature website and they actually have a companion guide for like a little mini curriculum to follow along each of the Disney Nature documentaries. So it's super cool if you you know, like if your kid's sick and you just need them to watch TV, you can put that on. And then maybe when they're not sick, you could do some of the worksheets with them. I, I think there's worksheets and some of it is also um, like activities you can do with them. So mm-hmm. that's super cool. I'll make sure to put a link in the description for those. Um, I just wish there were some for like every Disney movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I agree. I think that would be really cool to have more stuff like that, to, like like family friendly movies that the the family can like watch together and then also learn together. Exactly. Yeah, there are so many. I mean, even, you know, going back to so many of these Disney movies are made off of historical figures, whether how true they stay to the historical figures is, you know, a t- topic for another day. But, you know, you go to China in Mulan. So it would be great to just be able to know or have some sort of curriculum on hand similar to the nature, the Disney nature movies mm-hmm. and be able to say, hey, look, here's some fun facts about Jap- China. Sorry. Yeah. China, not Japan. And have that and then maybe an activity to go along with it or whatnot. So that would be, I don't know. That would be really cool. Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll have to look into that. Anyway, um, <laughs> so now that we've talked about streaming, let's go, let's dive a little deeper into technology. What about kids using devices? And by devices, I mean, you know, phones, tablets, anything like that. What do you think about that, Stacy? I do not buy my children devices, but I do give my children old devices. So um, I it cannot be just me, but my phones always tend to start losing battery life before anything else goes wrong with them and not not keeping a full charge all day, so which is always a little bit of a problem. So once my phones get to that point that if I ever need a new phone or whatever, and the old phone is still working. I've been able to collect three of those phones by now as my children grew up. And so they each have technically a device. It's not, you know, a phone. It's just a Wi-Fi device at this point. But I've downloaded like apps. And that way they have a phone device thing that just stays. It just has to stay plugged in all the time. And then when they use it, there's not very much battery life, which is great for me mm-hmm. because they can only sit there and play for so long. That's genius. Uh, I mean, you know, there are some times where the phone runs out of battery before I say, oh, hey, you know, here's 30 minutes or an hour or however long I've given them for that time. And if their phone dies, it's like, okay, plug it in and we'll do it next time or whatever. And if they forget to plug their phone in, then it's not charged and ready. So if they're like, oh, I wanted to play, but... 
my phone's dead. So it just kind of teaches some responsibility too, because if they don't plug it in, it's not even going to last 24 hours. Yeah. I, <laughs> so. I love that idea of like, just like there's a actual physical limitation to how long they can be on there. <laughs> um, what, yeah. what are your, some of your kids' favorite apps? Um, some of our favorite apps. So I did several videos on these, depending on your kid's age. Um, there's a lot of like preschool apps that I highly used my favorite company for preschool is called IntelliJoy. And I think they even have apps that are friendly up to second grade. Oh. Um, but IntelliJoy, they're a smaller company, not as well known. But I just really love how simple their apps are. They have a ton of different apps. Um, some are numbers, some are letters, some are early reading, some are kindergarten. And it's just, I don't know, they're, they're just simple. They're not too mind-numbing, but they're not overly complicated. There's some apps that are trying to be way too educational and just do too much when I just want something that's going to, you know, again, have my kids start recognizing things so that when we do teach them during the day, they're able to recall that information. Oh, yeah, I learned this on my app or I remember this from the app or... I teach something and I try to make sure like apps are complementing whatever I'm teaching. So that's kind of how I utilize apps is more, I, I never use apps as 100% you're going to be learning from this app, mm -hmm. but always just as a complement to whatever we're learning in the school day. Right. How about you, Jenny? Uh, yeah, so this is one part of technology that I just have not introduced my kids to yet. So uh, my kids don't really use any devices. I guess they kind of use a, an iPad, an old iPad of mine um, to, well, we'll get into this later, but they listen to audiobooks and stuff. And so they've, uh, well, okay, I say they. Only my oldest daughter knows how to navigate the Libby app at this point and Spotify. Spotify has like Disney stories on there, which I really love. But they they spend most of their time on Libby. And so she's learned how to like navigate on there. So those are the only two apps that they really use. And like I said, it's like under heavy supervision. And it's actually also funny that we're talking about this again, because my rule is like, okay, once you find something to listen to, you need to set the tablet up on the counter, mostly because it needs to charge. It's an old device, right? Yes. And, but sometimes I'll find her like walking around with it in her hand or like sitting in bed, scrolling through old pictures or something. And I'm like, hey, that's like not what we're supposed to do. And I told you, you have to put it back. So I actually had to take away the tablet for a whole day recently. Oh. And that was catastrophic. But um, I guess I'm hoping the lesson was learned because I haven't seen the same problem happen since then. So yeah, my kids don't really use devices to be completely blunt. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, from whatever anybody who's listening can take away, there is no wrong or right way with technology. It really just kind of depends on the family and what you have. And like I said, all of, you know, I don't expect people, I don't know, maybe I go through more phones than other people do. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't why. I don't have this backlog of phones like you do. So I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't, I wouldn't even have enough phones for my kids to like use if I even want them to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I don't understand. I mean, I know people will sell their phones back now. So maybe that's why I just never sell my phone back. We buy really, like, I don't buy the newest iPhone when mm -hmm. we get stuff. So I don't know. Maybe that's why they're not lasting as long. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, like you said, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Well, I guess 
there technically could be a wrong way. I don't know what it is. But what we're trying to say is there is no right way to do this. Like whatever you feel comfortable with and what you feel like is best, then that probably is best. You should probably trust your gut. So anyway, let's move on. So other than like these little mobile devices, how much do your kids use actual computers? Good question. So right now they've been using them a little bit more. They found... um they found a website called Codable, which is one of the recommended websites that I list on my How to Teach Coding to Kids. And they've been playing a game on there. So they've been asking, you know, when they're all done with their schoolwork, hey, can we go get on the computer? And that's the game they're going to right now. But for the most part, my kids are using computers for iReady, which um, our mm-hmm. charter school uses. And a lot of public schools in the, in California also use iReady and it's just kind of um, it is an assessment as well as based on their assessment it will give them lessons in reading and math so it kind of knows what level your kids at in in reading and math and we'll give them lessons based on that that is, is really the nice, great yeah that's the nice thing about iReady because my kids used it when we were with a charter before and um, that is the nice thing is that it's like tailored to what your child is supposed to be learning <laughs> this year so that is really nice about iReady for sure Yes, I love iReady on like my sick days or my busy days. And also, um, you know, just based on the curriculum, if there's a day where I'm just like, hey, you know, we don't really need to do a math lesson in your book, but hey, go do an iReady math lesson. And, and at least I know they're still, again, um, I, I like to keep iReady kind of at a remedial. So it's more like practice. So they shouldn't necessarily be learning new stuff with iReady. I should already be teaching that like with their math curriculum. And then it's just a way for them to go back and practice those skills again. So I absolutely love iReady for that. And there's various websites that they use. Again, I listed another. We're talking a lot about all of our videos, Jenny, in this one. But <laughs> I know I this feel- should hopefully give you guys background onto why we did all of these videos because we we love these different uses of technology. But mm-hmm. um, I did some websites for kids. And, you know, they absolutely, I just find those educational websites. You know, I don't, I'm not just looking for a game for them to play online. I'm looking for something that's going to help with their um, technology skills or just educational skills in general. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, can it, can it be my turn now? Can I talk about the one website I use? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jenny, okay. go for it. I'm glad you didn't bring it up because I know you use it too. But um, I wanted to mention Typing Club and the reason why I have my kids doing Typing Club, it's a it's a free, there's a free version and a paid version. Uh, we're using the free version right now. And it's just basically a typing curriculum for kids or really anyone can use it. I'm learning home row for the first time in my life. I, I never learned how to type using the home row method. Interesting. You are such a good typer. Um. Well, okay. Like a little, little side tangent here. I grew up just... IMing people on AOL Instant Messenger. And so I had to learn how to type fast because I have so many thoughts in my head. So um, yeah, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I'm learning home row. It's really hard. So I, I'm giving my kids a lot of grace while they're learning it. And um, yeah, so Typing Club is this free typing website, or like I said, there's a paid version too. And my kids love it. I, the reason we've started to implement this, and this is like kind of the only real like website we use in my homeschool uh, is because my daughters wanted to start typing in things on the Libby app. Like, what can we search for? Let's search for lad a dog or let's search for black beauty or Peter Pan or something. 
and they didn't know how to type. And so my oldest daughter was like, mommy, I want to learn how to type. And so, yeah, we started doing typing club and I've actually found that it pairs really well with the fact that they're doing piano lessons right now because it's all about finger placement, you know, on keys. So it's great and I love it and I highly recommend it. But I'm I'm actually planning on doing a video about that soon. So stay tuned for that. Be on the lookout. Yeah, Yeah. I love Typing Club as well. And I just kind of started it with my son. Um, Mostly, again, for I I love how you started it because your kiddo, like they they found a need for it. And I think that's one thing that people need to like remember is we we all like to play this comparison game. Oh, Jenny's kids, you know, are in first grade, about to be second. She's already learning how to type or whatever that, you know, there was a a motivation behind that for her. So your kid may have some other motivation for something else that, you know, so I I just like to remind people that there's always so many different reasons that people will start doing things. Like right now, I'm starting to teach my kid to type because he's going to have to type at the end of the year California state test. He's going to have to type in all his answers. So I'm like, well, we better get you familiar with how to type Mm -hmm. um, so that you're not just sitting there staring at the computer, (laughs) not knowing what to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, Yeah, I I totally agree with you said with what you said, because I would have never even thought to like have her do typing. I, 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 like I said, I don't use a lot of technology. So in my head, it's like, why would my kids need to learn how to type? But then my daughter came to me and like brought up a valid point. Well, I want to be able to search for new books on Libby. And I'd rather her be searching for something specific than like just scrolling through the titles and finding some mm-hmm. like random junk. You know what I mean? So I think it's, um, I mean, slightly selfish of me, but <laughs> we, but I'm just going to go with it because she's really loving it. Uh, my younger daughter is too, and she's only five. So that kind of shows how, you know, how young your kids can start doing this kind of technology. Well, okay. I think we're done talking about computers and websites, unless you have any, any more to mention. No, I think that's about it. Let's talk about my favorite things, podcasts and audiobooks. This is my favorite stuff. Do you stuff. want to start this one off no. since you are the uh, podcast princess? <laughs> podcast princess. And I'm not saying that because like I am a podcaster. No, I'm like just literally always listening to podcasts. Um, How about you start? Okay. So <laughs> podcasts for my kids, we just don't. I, I don't know. Um, I love that. I, I've... I've listened to Jenny's videos on the topic of podcasts and seen some of them. And again, it's not that any of them don't sound cool. Um, we just, I have not found a time in our day that to fit it in necessarily. Um, we do audiobooks. And the best time for us to do audiobooks is actually in the car. It's my favorite time. So instead of listening to music right now, we will just turn on audiobooks in the car and we're listening to the Boxcar Children and super fun, super easy. Just one one's over, we move to the next one and so on and so forth. So it's just a great time where they're sitting. They have nothing else to do but listen. So they might as well listen and um, they find it enjoyable. So um, that's that's my extent of podcasts and audiobooks. Jenny, <laughs> what about you? Okay, I just want to say one thing really quick about the Boxcar Children and... Um, I've heard this about detective fiction, which essentially is what the boxcar children is. It's just, you know, aimed for kids. Um, Detective fiction 
or like true crime fiction type stuff is really great for anyone who might be a reluctant reader, whether it's a child or an adult, because you have to listen to it. You have to be paying attention. Otherwise, like you're not going to understand what's going on and you're not going to potentially solve the whole mystery. So um, that's why I think children really gravitate towards that kind of thing, because it's so exciting for them. It's like they can be kind of a part of the story. So, um, so yeah, okay. Let me start from the beginning. I have two podcast videos on YouTube. Of course, all these videos we're mentioning, I'm going to put in the show notes for you. But so I have two podcast um, videos. So it's like big long lists of podcasts in each of those videos. And then I also have a video about um, of my favorite audiobooks. So my I have a lot of podcasts that I listen to. Um, my favorite one to listen to with my kids, at least right now, at this point in our lives, is Chop Bard, which is the Shakespeare podcast we listen to. And we love it. We love the host, Aaron Ziegler. And yeah, it just he breaks down Shakespeare scene by scene, which especially for children could really be essential because as we all know, Shakespeare language is hard and sometimes the kids or even the adults don't really catch everything. So... I highly recommend that podcast if you're doing anything Shakespeare related in your homeschool. There are also like more story time, like directly meant for kids type podcasts, such such as like Story Nori. Um, There's one that's um, Hank the Cowdog, which Matthew McConaughey plays Hank the Cowdog in. And I haven't listened to a lot of it yet, but what I have listened to is really, really great. So I love that. So that's just like a little sample of just some of the podcasts I listen to with my kids. Um, And then we listen to audiobooks literally all day long. If I haven't made that obvious by now, my kids are always on the Libby app, which is our library's streaming app. So it's kind of like that's where all the audiobooks are available. Sometimes there are waits, so you can't get something immediately necessarily. So if my daughter types in lad a dog it might not be available but that's okay she's learning how to be patient I guess and um so yeah some of our favorite audiobooks let me let me do a quick rundown they love Pippi Longstocking which I love too and I think it's like secretly a pro homeschool book if you listen to it it's kind of like anti-public school (laughs) which is so funny and we like Black Beauty like I said We like The Secret Garden. There are a lot of different versions of it, so you can just kind of test out which ones you like best. Uh, Oh, another app for audiobooks that I did want to mention to you all that I have been using a lot lately is LibriVox. Because if Stacy is the technology person and I'm the Charlotte Mason person, then I'm kind of like the read old books person because I'm just constantly reading. And right now I'm just reading a lot of old books. And LibriVox is an app where people go, they volunteer their time to read audiobooks. And all of the books there are in the public domain. So these are, a lot of them are old, really, really old books. So Tales from Shakespeare, which is a book, um, The Fairy Queen, anything by G.K. Chesterton. Um, a lot of these old, old books can be found on LibriVox. And they're not always the best quality recordings, like I said, because they're volunteers doing it. But you can find really obscure things there. And there are no wait times. It's not like a library. It's just a way to listen to these books for free. So that's how. Um, that's also how we've been getting through our history curriculum, which is our island story. 
So that's just another resource that I wanted to share with all of you homeschoolers. I love all of those recommendations. And yeah, again, what's what's better? Audiobooks, podcasts, TV, movies? It really doesn't matter. As long as you are finding something that works for your family, go for it and stick with it. Um, do, and you know, you don't have to do it all. Yeah. You could only do one. It really doesn't matter. Whatever works for you guys. Yeah. And one last um, closing thought that I had about technology, just really quick, that just popped in my head just now is you want to use technology or any component of your homeschool really in an active way and what I mean by that is don't let just don't just let your children use these things passively don't just let them be like zombies in front of a screen or while listening to something you want them to actively be engaging with it I think that's a really important part of like keeping things educational even if it's not necessarily educational if they're watching a Disney movie like Snow White or Tangled have them narrate things or have them explain to you why what this conflict is or what they think is going to happen next. So um, that's just kind of like a healthy way to use technology, in my opinion. And um, yes. I don't know. Do you agree with that, Stacey? I know you watch more movies. I love that. And okay. I actually, that is one thing I forgot to mention with the Disney movies that I have found movies are just a, a you know books moving books essentially so they still have plot and characters and and settings so you can teach a lot of these story elements through film yeah and there you know film has its own elements as well that are different but you know don't forget just the simple like you said to have your kids narrate what's going on you know that's comprehension it's not quite reading comprehension but it's still understanding all of these different pieces that go together so don't like discount that oh they're just watching a movie you can make it educational um, and then, oh, another fun trick is if you want your kids to like recognize words, you can put on captions. Mm -hmm. So while they're watching a movie, you can put on captions and they'll also see the words that are being said as well. I mean, I loved when my kiddos were young, I would love sing-alongs and I would put those on for my kiddos so they would see all like they were Disney sing-alongs because that's just the ones I, I knew of and had mm -hmm. but they would see the words and the little ball bounces so they would start to see words and when we were working on sight words early on I'd say okay let's find the word the and every time they would see the word the on the screen they'd get to point it out so I mean there's all sorts of fun little creative ways and maybe that'll become one of our homeschool how-to segments and just coming up with fun little ideas and how to incorporate education into some simple activities. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Well, I think we're done talking about technology now. Do you think so? I don't know if we could ever be done, but I think this is a good stopping place. It, it's as if we're doing a podcast about podcasts and audiobooks. I don't know how I could ever stop. I mean, I just rambled for probably like 10 minutes about all this. So I know this is like your wheelhouse <laughs> and I know you're probably like, man, there's so much more to say, but I think we need to start wrapping it up. And okay, you know, our segment that we do every episode is the recommendation of the week. Yay. Yay. Why don't you just start it off? Go for it. Okay. I wanted to make a very important recommendation here, and it's like kind of a personal one to me. So I don't know if you saw on Instagram, I was sharing like crazy on our Instagram at Kids Learning for Life. I was sharing like crazy in our stories because Stacy and I both received the Rainbow Resource Catalog. If you don't know what Rainbow Resource is, they're like an amazing retailer online 
an amazing website of homeschool items. So they carry all the different curriculums. They carry all the different materials. It's pretty insane what they have on there. So check it out if you are looking to buy homeschool items um, from a website. But anyway, so we both got the catalog. I was flipping through. I was showing just examples of things I like. I was showing just like examples of things that other people might like. And then I got to the back and there were the curriculum planning worksheets, which I love. They're so fun and um, basically it just breaks it down by subject and then you can list the different curriculums you plan on using and then it also has the item number there so that it's easy for you to order it when you're done you know compiling your list and there's multiple copies of it in there so that you can use it for multiple kids so I was posting all of this on our stories and I had tagged the rainbow resource Instagram in some of the posts and I was like there's no way they're gonna see this but whatever you know just wanted to direct people to that Instagram account if they were interested in rainbow resource and lo and behold someone from rainbow resource replied to me and she was like, I'm so glad you enjoy our catalog. We work really hard on it. Here's a link to the curriculum planning worksheets and other resources we have for you to share. And so I was like, this is amazing. I love this company. So I'm going to leave um, some links or a link to their resource page down in the show notes. And there you can find all sorts of resources there, including the curriculum planning worksheet that we love so much. Stacy. What's your recommendation of the week? I love Rainbow Resource as well. And I had so much fun chatting with you about different curriculums. And we can talk a little bit more about that in a second. But my recommendation of the week is something we've already talked about, but Typing Club. If you didn't notice, Typing Club can be free. Um, you, you can do everything that you need to for free. There are extra perks if you pay, but the, the gist of it is you can do it for free for your kiddos. So if you are interested in your kids learning to type, um, you can start even very, very young. They have the regular typing. It's called Typing Jungle is kind of the main beginning level, but they have what's called um, Jungle Junior, and it's a more basic it kind of teaches letters as it's going through the keys. So it'll be like A and it'll have your kids just push the A and find it. So they're not really focusing too much on like home row and where your fingers are, but it focuses on like where the A is. And so they start to just become familiar with the letters in general. So that's fun. So And then they've got even more advanced levels. So if you are looking for a typing curriculum, Typing Club is awesome. Um, like Jenny said, be on the lookout for her review on that. I'll make sure, you know, we're, we're going to be posting. Make sure you're following us on YouTube. And actually, before we sign out, I would love to tell everybody about our 1,000. We are getting close to our 1,000 subscriber on YouTube. So if you're not following us, be sure to go follow over there. And then also check out our video, which is the main video that's up right now on our website. And it is our 1000 subscriber giveaway. If you are interested in becoming our subscriber, then you can fill out the subscriber giveaway form and you could win a homeschool bundle, which includes a free homeschool consultation with Jenny and I. So if you don't want to just listen to us in your ears while you're, you know, doing dishes, but you actually want to chat with us and talk about your homeschool and your plans or anything like that, 
get in for that giveaway so you can chat with us for free and we'll give you our own tips that are all based on what you and your family need. And Mm -hmm. along with that homeschool bundle, you're also going to get a BrainQuest workbook and a nature journal. So two fun things that you can use this summer or at the beginning of next school year. Mm -hmm. Anything else I missed, Jenny? No, I guess we just want to remind people that we are going to be moving into our homeschool how-to segments going forward until probably the fall, so maybe early September. We won't do any long-form podcasts until then, but we will be doing weekly homeschool how-tos, which we're really excited to roll out and just kind of introduce you to. And like Stacey said, if you have any little tiny random homeschool questions that you just need answers to, please email us at kidslearningforlife at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at kidslearningforlife or even on Facebook. We're Kids Learning for Life there too. (laughs) I feel like a broken record. Um, So yeah, just (laughs) find us in all those places. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And we also uh, just wanted to remind you to please rate and review this podcast. If you liked what you heard and you want other people to find it, just do that. And that will really help other people to find us. Thank you, everybody. We look forward to our homeschool how-to segment. And we will see you in these long-form podcast episodes again in the fall. So until then, we'll see you next time.